Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. and salutations friends it is tuesday yes i got that right off season episode number 52 we're actually talking young players on today's show to blow your mind everybody it's fantasy nba today i'm your host dan vespers thanks as always for tuning in i like to going into each show just continue to actually look and see if if you guys are still actually, truly listening in the offseason, and you are, I still can't wrap my head around it, and I am really flattered and very grateful. Like, I, you know, the the growth of the show. Anyway, thank you all. Thank you all again. Uh, Ethos Fantasy FB, Ethos Fantasy BB, Ethos Fantasy BK. Those are the three ones you got to check out. Uh, all three of our sports coverage just continuing to grow on a daily basis. I'm going to keep whacking you over the head with it throughout the this NBA offseason. But, oh, I'm at Dan Vespers on Twitter, but you guys probably already knew that. I see no reason why we need to wait much longer. Today's a crazy day for me. Can I handle it? I don't know. Wish me luck here as we dive headfirst into this. This is uncharted waters for me people so i i hope that i will be treated with kid gloves during the next segment on yes my own podcast but that's where we're at now the host of the all rookie podcast here at sports sports ethos one of my favorite guys here at sports ethos and i don't know we probably should have done this sooner but you cover things that i actively avoid until now the mighty william harris at William is Bill on Twitter. I'll spell that for everybody before this segment's done. Uh, William, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dan. It's an honor to be on the show. You know, the best fantasy basketball show of all time. Thank you. So, you know, to be here, I know I made it. You buttered <laughs> me up. That's a good first move on a podcast. That's well executed. Uh, so, so here's the thing. And um, I'm going to feel free, by the way, to mock me incessantly. I give you I give you absolute permission to do so. But I also and something I said to you before we went on air that I want to say now for the listeners too, this is not a throwaway episode of Fantasy NBA Today, because, yes, I don't know what you're about to tell me, but it's kind of cool that it's an opportunity for me and the listeners to learn together during this particular show we're going to be covering the draft. It's two days away, the show airing on Tuesday. Uh, William and I recording late Monday night, just so if the numbers, if the dates get flip-flopped around. Um, and this is a critical juncture in an NBA calendar year, even though everybody kind of knows that my take is I wait until we get to the very last moment before draft day and say, are any of these guys 
people I could even consider for my fantasy team. But it's time to actually get out in front of this a little bit. It's time to have a, a real foundation of knowledge on the guys we should be paying attention to. So I'm throwing you into uh, a true hot seat here, William, in that I don't really know where these questions are going. So you got to be ready for most anything. Whether my question ends up being dumb or sharp, you need to be ready for it. And to that end, I think we just kind of start at the top and say, what do you like? Like, are there some guys you like coming into this draft that you think their games would, would translate from a fantasy standpoint? And if so, who are they? Who's Maybe we'll just go one at a time. Who's your number... Well, I guess it doesn't have to be your number one guy, but who's someone you really think could be an interesting fit for the NBA and for fantasy teams next year? Well, yes. You know, I have to start with last year's draft class because when people come into a fantasy draft, you're thinking you're going to hear a lot of talk about the rookies. Who should I pick? You know, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to hear 20 or 30 rookies. Yeah. Last year, it was a deep draft class, and there were only eight rookies that were really fantasy relevant. So you need to narrow your search down. <laughs> you never, you really don't need to look past the lottery for your guys that are going to be fantasy relevant, no matter how talented you think they are. But my number one guy is Jabari Smith, the 6'10", 4 from Auburn. I mean, he's just an incredible athlete, incredible shooter. He can do it all. He, he's pretty much, in my opinion, a perfect, uh, perfect prospect. And He's expected to go to the Magic. If so, it's a perfect landing spot. And if he goes to OKC, same thing. He should succeed no matter what. In Auburn, he scored 17 points, had seven boards, two assists per game, shot 42% from three. In the NBA, I could see him having a similar path, maybe 15.7 boards. And, you know, with that shooting touch, he shot 80% from the free throw line as well. So normally when you see a 6'10 guy, there's going to be some weaknesses in this game. As far as fantasy, there's not too many. You wish he had more blocks, but, you know, he's giving you everything else. If if that's the position and stats you're looking for, Jabari Smith is my number one guy. All right, so that sounds like a relatively well-rounded fantasy prospect. And from, you know, I like I know enough about rookies to know that if somebody goes first or second overall, they're likely going to be given – a goodly chunk of minutes. I like what you're yeah. telling me about the three-point percentage. That's really strong for a college athlete. I like what you're telling me about the free throw number for a bigger guy. Uh, what What did he shoot from the field, though? Is there is there any? Maybe I should ask it this way: Is there any downside to Jabari Smith? What What am I missing, folks? Picture this nightmare scenario: You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from 
you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. He shot 43% from the field. Okay, so, so not outstanding there, but room right, to grow, I assume. <laughs> but he took a lot of jumpers, you know, so that, that might be an area that you don't love. But with coaching, they, they probably will bring him in a little bit, play more in the post, and just stay out at the three-point line and cut out those uh, 20-foot jumpers. Where does he fit if he ends up with the Magic? How does that team stack up if he if he gets added to the mix who's like who's the odd man out what does what the starting lineup look like have you thought this thing through already well that's the question because jonathan isaac is the big question mark uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody... yes. where the <laughs> hell is that dude right that's what everyone in fantasy wants to know uh you know but if jabari smith is taking number one he clearly will start uh he can be interchangeable with franz wagner and they can play the three and the four and keep wendell at the five but yeah, I mean, if Jonathan Isaac is back and healthy, Franz Wagner might be sent to the bench. I don't know. Wow. That's crazy to think of, right? That's a It's an embarrassment of riches, I guess, for yeah. young guys. I don't know how, how that translates to winning, um, but that's probably not priority number one when you're kind of rebuilding things. Um, okay, so, uh, William, you know one thing that I look at, and I want to stay on Jabari Smith a little bit longer because I'm learning these guys while we're – while we're talking about them, I'm just going to like pull up a basketball reference page so that I have any context for what we're going through here. Um, looks like about a, a little over a steal and about one block per game in college. There isn't a lot of stuff that he does poorly, and I feel like that's the thing you need to look for with a rookie. Is there anything that they could do that could sort of sag their value? It's the should I bother with someone like a Trey Young right out of the shoot? And he was horrible his first four months in the NBA because he was shooting a high volume like 36% from the field and he had four and a half turnovers and these things that rookie point guard, Smith not a point guard. I'm always talking about how the, the only young guys I ever really look at are the big men because if they can actually make their free throws a little bit, they have an opportunity to just get stats without the negative impact stuff. And it sounds like, I don't know if I'm reading this right, it sounds like that's the kind of guy you think he'll be. Right, right. He, he's probably the safest option. And, you know, I still think his ceiling is tremendous, you know. So he's not exactly an Evan Mobley type, but as safe as Evan Mobley was, I feel confident that Jabari Smith will be that same level of safe. Do you think he would score more, or do you think it's going to be similar? I think it'll be similar. You know, most guys came out last year. They didn't score as much, you know, because of the transition to the league. Of course, it's harder. The schedule is harder. Uh, but what you never know. With the Magic, you know, they really need his three-point shooting. So I, if I were projected, I would definitely say around 15. You know, he scored 17 in college. So it'll be close. Here's a tough question. Where do you think he – because, it, you know, there's the hype train is yet to get going, but it will – where do you think he ends up going in fantasy drafts? Any any idea how high someone like that? Do you think he would get drafted inside the top 50? I'm guessing probably not, but 60, 75, something like that. Or maybe I should ask you where you'd consider taking him in a redraft league, not dynasty. Right. That, that's important, too. So, well, I'll just start with, like I said, I have to always go back to last year's class. Scotty Barnes was the top rookie fantasy-wise last year, and he was 66 overall right. so 
I would go somewhere in that range, 65, 75, and I think you would be safe with Jabari Smith. Okay. Give me number two. We'll move on to the next one. Well, number two, I think you'll be swinging for the fences if you go with Chet Holmgren. If he works out, you could have the best player in fantasy. You know, he's the seven-foot forward slash center from Gonzaga, averaged 14 points and 10 boards. And almost four blocks per game. Oh my! Gonzaga. Oh my! Good yeah. God! <laughs> yeah. So that's just everything you want right there. And on top of that, thirty-nine percent from three. I mean, sounds like the perfect player, right? <laughs> How are the percentages? I, I haven't right. looked up so, his numbers yet. By the way, I don't want anybody to think I'm asking a leading question. I, I'm I'm going in blind on this one. How did <laughs> How did he shoot? How are his free throws? Give me all that stuff. Right. He's seventy-three percent from two. So that's thirty percent higher than Jabari Smith. Yeah, <laughs> and he shot 71% from the free throw line. So a little okay. bit less than Jabari, but Acceptable. pretty much all those numbers are great. And I'm guessing he doesn't shoot that many free throws at the NBA level if you're a rook coming in. And one thing I know uh, about Chet Holmgren, the only thing I know is that he's a string bean. He's not a thick right. fella yet. Right, right. And that is mainly the concern with him. Um, if it's going to take time for him to adjust to the size of the NBA – if he's going to get bullied, you know, I think if he can, I'm sure he'll bulk up. He uh, was 195 last in Gonzaga. He'll probably be at least 205, 210 before the season starts. And that's going to help him out. But we haven't really seen a player like Chet Holmgren before. So the range of his game could go either way. You know, if, if he could be Bobo. He could be Evan Mobley. So <laughs> It's a huge range there. <laughs> yeah, so that's the type of thing where the, there's a kind of a lot. You don't want to spend a pick that's too high because you know you can get somebody kind of set in stone. I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and then I want to come back to some of his numbers, but it, where would you take a swing on a guy like like Chet Holmgren? Because you said almost four blocks a game? Right, yep, yep. Mm. That's ridiculous. But I will say in college – most of the time, he was playing against guys that were a lot smaller than him. Yeah, in the NBA, they that won't be the case, obviously. But I gotta think fouls I, too. Are, are you, aren't you worried about fouls at the NBA level when you're when he's that slender, or do you think he can handle himself? I, I am a little concerned about his size overall, especially <laughs> in his rookie season. But that's why this is a swing for the fences because it's high risk, high reward. And around that time in the draft, you probably want to be looking at it. He's going to go second overall at worst. So you're probably going to have to get him in that same range, 70 to 80. I mean, most drafts, because of his name, he's so such a polarizing prospect. He will probably go around the 50, 60 range. Mm. That's too rich for me, yeah. but I can see him going that high. I don't think I can go that high on a rookie in almost any circumstance. I feel like the only – there have been like maybe three – since I've been paying close attention to basketball, Cat, uh, Anthony Davis, and Dame, I think are the three rookies I can think of that were better than that on a per-game basis. And you know, Dame's the huge surprise there. He came out and just had a monster season. The other ones were less surprising because you looked at it and it was, oh, big guys that have excellent percentages. And for AD, it's the huge defensive stats. And Cat, it's for you know points and rebounds, things of that nature. You need... It seems like that type of player is the one that can get over the hump. But at right. the same time, you know, if if this one, if this big swing hits and he does have, two, let's say, two or more blocks per game, he ain't getting four at the NBA level. I don't know. <laughs> well, he did a college. I don't, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, but 
I mean, you're like automatically inside the top 100 with two blocks per game. You could do almost do nothing else and still get there. My fear here, just from hearing what you're saying, looking at the the stature, uh, just the, like the the level of competition that the that the giant shift there, um, like I don't know how if he can handle more than 24, 25 minutes a game his rookie year at the NBA level. That that type of thing worries me. So I don't think I would take a shot on him inside the top 100, but am I being too conservative there? I mean, it definitely worries me as well. It's just that name value. You know, people are going to see Jakob Pertl on the board and Chet Holmgren, and they're going to pick Chet Holmgren. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. you know enough about me to know I'm not. Definitely, 100%. But, you know, the novices out there, they, they're going to see that name, and they're going to go for it. But And he's in OKC, so he's going to have no competition for minutes, really. If he was in Orlando, those minutes would guaranteed be lower. But yeah, true. I think with OKC, he'll be out there as much as he wants to be out there. As that's much true. as he can handle it. So that's that will help, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. There really aren't any big men that the Thunder actually trust on that team. It's that they've just been sort of plugging and playing whoever they can get their hands on for a couple years now. Um, you know, outside of the half season they played Al Horford, they really haven't had a center. I mean, it, forget who, what, oh, Isaiah Roby. Looked great for about two weeks, so then they just stopped playing him for a bit. He yeah. played like 16 yeah. minutes a game, and then they played him again after that. And I don't, I don't know when you when you get these guys that come into the NBA and sort of waif like stature, it it always freaks me out, especially if they're going to get thrown right into the mix. But at the same time, the fact that he does have a high field goal percent, he's not a terrible foul shooter, and he does have shot blocking ability, it it creates a floor that a lot of guys coming in wouldn't have. So, I don't know, man. You can you can try to talk me into it, although from the tone of your voice, I don't think you're that excited about him. I I, I can't wait to see what happens. I don't <laughs> you just I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I'll say okay. that. <laughs> but you do it sounds like you do trust Jabari Smith, the first guy we talked about. I definitely do trust Jabari Smith. Yes. All right, give me number 3. Let's do 3 and see what our clock looks like here. All right, I think you say now I love Jaden Ivey, but I think his situation, if he goes fourth, that's going to make it a little murky. It's been talked that he could go third, but to be safe, I'll go with Paolo Bancaro, you know, another big guy. You, I know you love the bigger guys, so they're a little safer. I do. 6'10", power four from Duke. He averaged 17 points, eight boards, three assists, one block, one steal per game. 34% from three, so that's pretty good. And I think... His game with the Rockets is going to be him and Jalen Green, pretty much. They're going to be able to do whatever they want. Shot 73% from the free throw line, 48% from two. So once again, that's that's a lot lower than Chet, but the <laughs> well, floor is safer. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like, how about body-wise? Do you think he can handle an NBA season? Because that's the thing with Chet where I get the feeling you're not sure of it and just hearing the numbers, I'm not sure of it. Most definitely. Uh, he is 55 pounds heavier than Chet, so I think he should be <laughs> fine. That's a, that's like an eight-year-old. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's substantial. Okay, so you said 17, 8, and 3 with a steal and a block. Is that did I Am I remembering that right? Is, perfect, I was trying perfect, to put yeah. all the numbers in my head there. Um yeah, I mean, I like that. That's two guys you've mentioned that have been pretty well-rounded from a forward 
kind of power forward spot. Uh, and if he does end up, you said you figured third to Houston, that's where you've got him going? Right, and, and if, even if he goes fourth, he should be good no matter where he goes. I'm making you say it. Who's got the fourth pick? The Kings. Yeah, I know. Uh, just something something's gonna go weird there i don't know what it's gonna be but something weird is gonna happen with sacramento always they they find a way although i guess mcnair's been a little bit less out of left field with his stuff so far um okay so if his stat set is relatively similar lower threes lower free throw percent than smith Slightly better field goal percent. I've pulled up the numbers now, so I'm not going exclusively out of memory. I'm not that good. But the other stuff is almost a carbon copy. It seems like Smith has the better upside because of the three-point shooting. Um, does the passing favor Paolo or and the field goal percent maybe by a little bit? Although I get the feeling that Smith could shoot the ball better from the field if all of his shots weren't from downtown. So I don't know, are you, listen, again, I'm sort of thinking out loud. So I know people listening to the pod are like, Dan, get to the damn point. You got, (laughs) everybody's just kind of, I hope everybody's like thinking with me on this. So my question then, after my verbal diarrhea of a moment ago, (laughs) uh, Smith over Paolo then by, based on the numbers I've looked at here from their college. And again, it doesn't translate perfectly, but maybe by a couple of rounds in the, at the fantasy level? I think it could be closer than that because oh, okay. I do think their production could be similar. Um, I just, I'm, I feel safer with uh, Jabari, but Paolo's going to be in the same great situation. You know, I just think Jabari's a, a little bit better of a player, but still the teams that they land on are going to allow them to both flourish and be the one, if not one, number two, the number two guy on the team. So, I mean, I had... Jabari averaging 15 and 7. I could see Paolo averaging 15 and 8 with, you know, lower percentages on three, but pretty much the similar stats. Hmm. He's you a get, bit better rebounder. You got me th- you got me thinking a little bit. It's really, you know, I and I said people listening to this show, I don't know if everybody listening to this episode heard my early off-season episode where I said I needed to soften my stance on rookies a little bit. Uh, because for a long time, it was just like a blanket, don't do anything with them. And now it's really more of a, okay, look, you can trust some bigger rookies. If you can find some big men that are not going to blow a hole in your percentages, they have a way of getting to fantasy value because they don't have that anchor stat, the one one that keeps the boat in the dock, the high turnovers or the terrible free throw or the terrible field goal percent. If you can find a big guy, who, and I know these aren't like traditional centers the way that Holmgren was, who we mentioned a moment ago, but, you know, decent field goal percent. If the free throw was a little bit higher for Paolo, that would be something I'd look at harder. I guess with him, and, and you know, with Houston, that's going to be a free-for-all out there this year. Uh, yeah. They got rid of Christian Wood, which is going to be great for everybody left behind. I'm just sort of, again, kind of thinking out loud here, is any other stat going to be great enough to counterweight the low three-pointers and the not terrific free throw percent? Because it did look like he got to the line a little bit more often as well than some of the other guys we talked about. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think it will be mainly points and rebounds. 
because his his passing is not really up to the level of what you're going to search out for in fantasy. Uh, it's just the fact that he's going to have so much opportunity. Like you said, with Christian Wood gone, it's just going to be a gaping hole there. You know, Alperin Sengun is there. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. That's, by the way, <laughs> that's that's hype train guy, like number A1 going into right. next season. We already all know he's going to be on every analyst's board and his ADP is going to go from like 95 to 30 between right. September and October next year. Just Just get ready for it, everyone. Uh, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. Back to Paolo. No, no, no. 100%. He's he's another guy kind of like Chet. You're going to see that name and want to grab it. But, you know, and with the Rockets, they were frustrating last year with him because we did want to see Alperin play and they brought him in easy. So that is a concern with Paolo. They could bring him in easy. I don't I don't think so, but you just never know. Okay. Give me one more name because it sounded like you wanted to talk Jaden Ivey and you and you stopped yourself. It sounds like then you think he's going to Sacramento. I think he is. If but he could go to the Rockets too, and that that'll throw a wrench in things a little bit. But right. if if you want me to, everyone knows the top four guys for the most part. If you want me me to give you a guy that to look out for that should be safe, I'm gonna have to go with Dyson Daniels. I don't have now, any idea. I have no clue who that is. None. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank Josh Giddy with a little bit more offensive touch. He's not as good as a passer, but I think he can be in that vein. If he can play the point or the two, if they have him at the point guard, which is the reason why I think he's moving up on draft boards, I think he can have a season like Josh Giddy. Where could he end up, you think? They're saying definitely top eight. So hmm. anywhere between four and eight, I would lean toward six and eight, but yeah. So without digging too deep, I want to, uh, I'm looking at my, my clock here uh, and I want to get to a couple of hard fantasy questions on these players. Something that I know you and I have talked about at times and I've talked about it on the show many times is value. Do you think any of these guys, or even somebody you haven't mentioned yet, in, including Ivy, by the way, you can throw him into the mix, do you think any of them end up as values on draft day? Because we did actually see that with a couple of rookies this last season. Scotty Barnes was drafted in generally like the 110 range. He was better than that. Evan Mobley was going around 85-90. He beat that by a little bit, not by a ton. He started fast and kind of slowed as the year went on. It's It's a long season. Um, but there were a couple of rookies that beat their ADPs this year. These guys we're talking about, there's a lot of name power there. And I, I know I don't know right. much about them, but I have, jokes aside, I have heard the the four main names. I like I, I know those names. I don't know what they've done or where they're going, but I know the names. The last guy you mentioned, Daniels, I actually had not heard that name before. So that was, <laughs> that's real. Uh, but like because even I know the names, that means that there is... Uh, name power there and there's going to be some buzz they'll go earlier than if they weren't rookies because we all like to try to find the next shiny thing but are any of those guys not you think going to go early enough who might be a value on fantasy draft night right that's a great question uh like you said those names i don't know if it's just this season or what but these guys names are everywhere so if you want someone that you could probably get a great value on, I would probably say either Mark Williams or Jalen Duren. Both are centers. 
You heard of either one of those, Dan? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. tell, tell me. Tell. I'm not kidding. Tell me more. Okay, Mark Williams is the seven foot center from Duke, and I'll just give you the good stuff. He averaged three blocks per game, mm, and, and he's not. His 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 pounds are not in the one hundreds. He weighs two hundred and forty <laughs> yeah. pounds. Yeah, if you're in this, <laughs> if you're in the same century mark as me, that's probably not enough. <laughs> right, and and Jalen Duran, pretty much they're they're similar. Mark Williams a little bit more talented offensively. Jalen Duran may have a higher ceiling. He was a six eleven center from Memphis, and he averaged two blocks per game. And both have crazy. Seven foot five plus wingspans. Whoa. And they're both projected to go in the top 13. So those are two centers. And like you said, you get around two blocks per game, you don't even have to do much else to be fantasy relevant. And I think a lot of people are projecting Mark Williams to go to the Hornets. Mm. I mean, that could be a perfect landing spot mm. for a good value guy. You've, you, okay, okay. You've got my attention now. You've got my attention, <laughs> William. Two blocks per game. How's his free throw percent? Let me see. Oh, well, you, you, that's a tough one right there. Dan. Give me, give me a number these over are, like these are straight centers. But Mark Williams' free throw percentage. Give me something over seventy, and you might have my attention. Seventy-two point seven percent. Oh my goodness! But as a freshman, it was fifty-four percent. <laughs> oh, what do you what do you believe? What do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with recency bias on that one, and and say you he go. made the adjustment there. That's actually okay. So here's the thing: like you know, we're having a laugh, at, but this is the kind of guy that does tend to be that that interesting name because he doesn't have the obvious anchor stat, huge field goal percent. Now I'm pulling him up so I can talk with you about him without sounding like a total buffoon. Uh, 11, 7 72% from the field. So he was playing right in front of the bucket. Didn't bother to take a three-pointer. Terrific! I don't need my true center to shoot a three-ball. I don't need you messing up your field goal percent. If I'm going to draft you as a rookie, I want you to be someone who helps me in the things that your position should be so i mean if even even let's say he gets like 1.3 1.4 blocks per game at the nba level that combined with i don't know nine and eight that's actually enough to put you in that kind of larry nance like fan club with blocks instead of steals of 80 90 range someone that maybe gets drafted in the 120 130 neck of the woods who was the other one you talked about i already forgot his name jalen duran the 6'11", big man from Memphis, and he's 250 pounds. Oh, that is big. Yeah. <laughs> he's got me he by a couple. Seem, he's, he's chiseled, so it do, he doesn't seem big. 250 is, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it just coming out of college, you expect a lower number. Uh, right. Let me pull up his stuff here, too. All right, 12 and 8, two blocks, 63% at the free throw line. So that one is a little bit, a little bit more concerning. Man, you might have me on Williams. You might have sold me on one. Yeah, and especially if he goes to Charlotte. So oh, look Charlotte. Out for that. <laughs> give, me, give me Charlotte. Although Mike D'Antoni's definitely going small ball if he gets hired out there. Since That is uh, true. <laughs> what, did, what did we hear? Was that yesterday or today that uh, Kenny Atkinson turned the gig down? Mm-hmm. Um, still, I mean, when you're that big and you block shots and you hit your free throws and you shoot a ridiculous percentage from the field, you don't need 30 minutes. You can get it done in 22-23, so... Yeah, you know what? Um, congratulations. You might have sold me on a rookie to watch on today's show, and we'll see if that yes. carries over. I mean, yeah, obviously the landing spot is a big deal. What do people need to know about Jaden uh, Ivey before I let you go? 
Oh, Jaden Ivey, you know, if you look at this tape, to me, he reminds me of John Morant. So <laughs> he just has to land in the right landing spot. A lot of people are comparing him to Donovan Mitchell as well. I mean, his attack to the rim is just ridiculous. And normally when you think of a player like that, the three-point percentage is not good. But he shot 36% from three. Oh. So he just needs to get his assist up if he's going to be a true point guard. And he's going to have to have that correct landing spot. Like we said, if he goes to the Kings, it's going to be a little sketchy with him and De'Aaron Fox. But Jaden Ivey's talent is there. Mm. He's my second ranked player in this draft. So he's got that kind of star factor sort of thing that folks like to talk about. Definitely. All right. You're officially off the hot seat. You want to (laughs) shift over to a cooler spot. At... William is Bill. By the way, I probably should have asked you this a million times. I just call you William. Would you rather I call you Bill? I like William. It yeah. Works. There you go. <laughs> uh, he is the host of the All Rookie Podcast here at Sports Ethos. He tracks rookies from the day they're drafted all the way through the season. If you want to know how the young guys are doing, we've got a show for that here at Sports Ethos. Again, it's the All Rookie Podcast. He will be tagged on any tweeting we do about this. He'll be tagged in the description of the show. Again, it is at William is Bill on Twitter. Uh, I think, are you and David hosting draft coverage in a couple of days too? We will on YouTube. There we go. Ethos. Love it. Can't so, wait. So you guys can follow that. That'll be some live draft coverage here at Ethos on the YouTube page. William Harris. Thank you, my man. Thank you so much, Dan. It was an honor. One more name if you want to look for sure. Keegan Murray. I'll, I'll leave that with you. All right. If you want to know, you know what? That's your teaser. If you want to know more about Keegan Murray, you said? Keegan Murray. There okay. you go from yeah. Iowa. I can repeat the name. <laughs> I, can, I, can, <laughs> I can parrot you just fine. Uh, you got to follow him on Twitter. You can talk to William about all these guys on social media. Again, William, thanks, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan. He might have gotten me. It's William Harris. One of the best, man. One of the best. Please do give him a follow. Least you could do from all the stuff that he can actually bring your way over the course of this offseason and then into next season and through the year. He might have gotten me. You guys know I've said I need to soften my stance on this stuff. I mentioned that earlier in this very podcast. And there's a certain high floor type of rookie that I do think is worth exploring. Now, we got to wait and see where some of these folks end up, and the more that I stare at my Twitter feed, the more I see that it seems like te- like OKC is pretty well locked in on Chad Holmgren, so if they do take him, they'll probably play him as much as he can without fouling out, so maybe there's some upside there as well based on can his body handle it. I just, you know, I don't know that they're going to throw 32 minutes a game at him for fear that it'll just snap the poor guy in two, but... Mm, I don't know. You give me those blocks, the rebounds, the field goal percent, a free throw that's not complete disaster territory. You've got yourself a sneaky big man in the rookie class that probably outperforms ADP. But again, we'll know a lot more after Thursday where these guys are ending up, what their roles might be. Could be on a team where Rook might start, come off the bench, how many folks are in front of him. All that stuff is going to come into play, but... Some really interesting names to watch. Some of the big names there you got from William as well. What's coming up on the show? Uh, you know, I honestly don't know. I really don't know how the, uh, how the schedule is going to line up. I'm hoping that either tomorrow or possibly Thursday before the draft, 
we'll have a chance to talk to our Grizzly show host, also uh, a gentleman that's been diving headlong into the NBA draft coming up. That's the great David Williams. If not, we'll get him on at some point thereafter. And a lot of it has to just do for me with when I'm driving back and forth between home and uh, young child scholastic institutions. I'm a, a shuttle bus driver and podcast host these days. Ah, you parents of multiple kids, you know, logistics never line up quite right. But we'll try to piece that stuff together. Worst case, we got more teams to break down. And before you know it, it'll be free agency, because we're uh, two-thirds of the way through June already. Anywho, that's about it for today. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed getting to hear me in uh, a true non-expert role. That's what it sounds like for me to be learning things on air along with you guys. So yeah, I probably sounded a little bit stupid at times during today's show, and I'm okay with that. I'm human. I'm an expert in fantasy NBA who has for many years mostly avoided worrying about the stuff that happens this week every year. But this year, we're looking at it a little bit. Dabbling, because I said I need to soften my stance. But that doesn't mean, and this is actually something that bugs me a lot about sports betting right now. There are so many NBA industry folks that are just like, oh, I know NBA, so now I'm a betting expert. I have to give my betting take on everything. Nah, man, you got to study sports betting for multiple years before I care about anything you have to say on the sports betting front. And so to that end, I don't want to be hypocritical and say, oh, you know, I've spent an hour researching the NBA draft. I'm an expert on it now. I'm not. I'm more than willing to admit that I am not an expert on the NBA draft, but we have them here around ethos. They exist across the NBA landscape, and so it's my job to bring them to you, even if I sound like a little bit of a jackass doing it. And that is what the week is about. I am humbled by how little I know about rookies, and I'm okay with that. My dad always used to say, I'm comfortable in my shortcomings. And my mom always used to say, shut up. <laughs> I'm Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow, Wednesday. You know, same time, same place, but not always the same time. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.